welcome to your spiritual BFF podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Easter Johnson. Do you ever want to ask all your woo-woo, weird questions to someone, but don't know who to go to? Are you spiritually curious? Well, I'm your girl, here to guide you in all things spirituality, manifestation, crystals, energy healing, and more. Welcome to your awakening. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I am feeling good today. And if you're not feeling good today, I'm going to give you some of my good feelings, okay? I'm going to send them to you right now to start this episode. And if you're already feeling good today, accept my vibes and feelings through the speaker here, through my intention and energy to amplify what's already there for you. I'm giving you that right now. (laughs) I felt compelled to start the episode this way because I have just come off of um, the weekend of the full moon here in January, the Cancer full moon on Friday, and holy hell, (laughs) was it a doozy for me? I heard from so many of you guys over on my Instagram of how tough this full moon has been, the energy has been for all of you as well, and I'm always very mindful to not use things like anything, human design, spirituality, astrology, fucking anything (laughs) to excuse any of the feelings that I'm having or the things that are coming up for me. But it's always nice to kind of know that yes, astrologically, like the planets do have a impact on us and what might be coming up for us. So that always brings me comfort. And at the same time that I'm looking at the moon as it's peering through my front window after the sun goes down and I'm like, damn you. (laughs) But I have so much love for grandmother moon. I really do. But this one in particular was a doozy. A lot of people were experiencing quote, random anxiety. And I feel that I totally felt that this time. And listen, if you didn't like great, good for you. And if you did, like I'm that right there with you, I think it really does. I want to have an astrologer on the podcast sometime to chitty chat with us about um, some of this information, because from my understanding, I'm not an expert, but I have some experience with like birth chart readings. I'm, I'm working with astrologers. I mean, friends with astrologers and things like that. And from my understanding, depending on where, so the moon was in cancer on Friday, depending on where, like what sign the moon is in, it depends on how that energy may affect you, depending on where that sign is in your birth chart. Uh, so it could be bringing up specific themes, depending on which house of your birth chart that sign is in. And I think like there's so many other like variables of that. So anyways, I don't know where the hell cancer is in my moon, in my, my moon chart, my birth chart, but it, I, <laughs> I'm losing my words here. It was intense. So I am so fucking relieved. Once Monday clicked over, I was like, oh, I can breathe again. (laughs) I can breathe again. I feel much more spacious. I feel much more creative. Ooh, I feel a chill running through my body right now. Got some new energy kind of moving. And the moon's now in Leo, which I love my Leo people out there. I love you all. But I really, I um, really resonate with Leo energy. It's across, so I'm Aquarius and it's, Leo is across directly on the um, zodiac wheel. So kind of like opposites. Um, it's kind of one of those opposites to track thing, but also like 
I think there's also some balance between Aquarius and Leo energy. So I was really vibe with any Leo energy. Um, so I'm so relieved <laughs> that we have moved out of that and just have ridden the wave. That's like the best advice. I had several of you popping, like many, many, many of you popping in my DMs, like really resonating with what I was sharing on my stories at Hannah Johnson coaching over on Instagram. Give me a follow if you haven't yet. Um, letting me know like, yo, like this is so fucking hard. Like I'm having existential crises. Like I'm so emotional. I feel so much random anxiety. Like what the hell is going on? Like it, and everybody kind of felt the same sentiments. Like I don't, I don't want to put a blanket statement on it, but a lot of us were kind of experiencing, like it felt as if it wasn't like heavy, dense, dark energy. Like sometimes I feel that during full moons is like, holy shit, what is this upheaval happening? It felt like much more like collective anxiety, but not about like one thing in particular, which is why I think my body and my nervous system and my brain were like, whoa, what the hell is going on? Why are we feeling all this anxiety? And then my brain and nervous system and my body was trying to apply it to things in my life and making me anxious about random shit in my life, just trying to make understanding about what is this anxiety. So I kept having to clear and clear and clear myself. So if you are somebody who has been dysregulated by astrologically what's been going on with the full moon or otherwise, I feel you. It's important to write to know that that feeling, the intensity will not last forever. Ride the wave, baby. Ride the wave and do all that you can. If all you have access to is staying at home cocooning a little bit and that feels nourishing to you versus like going out and being with friends versus staying at home with a friend or partner and cuddling on the couch and hanging out. Like you got to do whatever you have like touch point access to. Like for me, basically all I could do, it started for me on Wednesday-ish, Thursday-ish. I normally feel the effects of a full moon about a week ahead. So I'm shocked I didn't feel this one a week ahead. Normally that's how it is for me as a sensitive person about a week before something like that astrologically happens, I feel it a week ahead. So if you're a sensitive person out there and you're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Everybody's talking about the full moon, but I experienced it all last week. Yes, that's like pretty normal. I experience it normally a week ahead. This time it was only a day ahead, um, which is pretty typical for most folks. So that was a little bit of a shocker to me. Um, so <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, and then it got real intense Friday and Saturday. Sunday, it was dwindling by Monday. It was like, oh, fresh fucking energy as if it didn't happen. The only thing I had access to, guys, because I was so dysregulated, like randomly and like over several hours of time, all of those days, like it would be fine. And then it would be a huge surge of intensity for like hours and then it would kind of wane. The only thing I really had access to of my toolbox was to clear my energy, like come back and keep releasing what isn't mine. I release what isn't mine. I release what isn't serving me and release what isn't mine collectively from the people I'm spending time with, from those that I've contacted and spent connections with on social media, all of it. Like I had to totally keep clearing it because it kept coming through me. So clearing my energy field and really just like connecting with my husband was like a big one. It's like, I need like help here to like move through this. So I need, I needed to find some co-regulation. If we talk about the nervous system, those are some of the ways I regulated myself, but that was truly all guys. I did do some movement. I did exercise, I think two of the days, um, when I was like not in the midst of a total dysregulation activation intensity hour. It was like after that. And I was like, okay, I'm like coming back. I'm feeling a little bit more like myself. That wave has passed. I'm going to like do some things that I know will nourish me. Um, just to give you a few suggestions because I, 
don't do this stuff perfectly either. Um, you know, we're all human guys. And I, I, I was just talking to a client of mine about that. And like, we're talking about how relatable my work is and my podcast, which is just so exciting. I keep hearing that message every time somebody messages me about how the podcast has impacted them. And I just want to thank you for being a listener, for being here. But it is so important for me to make this all relatable and to recognize that like I'm not on some pedestal because I have a podcast. I'm speaking in your ears and speaking about topics that I have experience with and um, yes, I have gifts and talents that I meant to share with the world through this modality and through the work I do with folks and otherwise as well, just by being me, but I'm also human. I also experience like really tough shit as well. And I also, some days I like, have a hard time accessing my tools and then some days I, you know, it comes really easy to me and it flows. And then other days I don't think about doing the inner work at all. And I'm just like living my life, like watching the Kardashians and going to drink boba and, um, binging Netflix for three hours and like going to a party, like <laughs> just doing things with my husband and cooking dinner or going out too many times. Like I'm also very human as well. So I always like to demystify people that we tend to put above ourselves in these modalities. Um, I think that's very old age. I was the client I was talking to about this with, she was like, yeah, that's very like old age, old paradigm, like guru syndrome or whatever like when we you know look at all these spiritual teachers and you know that kind of the more old-fashioned stuff not that there's not value I'm not dissing any of those okay let me be clear but there is a lot of like I am the prime example like this is what worked for me which means it has to work for you it's a lot of the old paradigm stuff of like we don't see those people necessarily as like people and how they live their life and as relatable but we see them as powerful teachers and that is still true but um it's really important for me to be real be really 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 real (laughs) so I'm gonna be that's why I started this episode like this um off the cuff, literally, I told you guys, like, I don't write these episodes and really it's just stream of consciousness. I'm just so excited to hang out with you. It's like talking to your BFF, isn't it? It's just sitting down, having a little chitty chat, just talking your little head off with your BFF. Um, That's me. And I hope you feel like I'm in the car or the house or your earphones with you and wherever you're listening to this. Um, so funny. I got off on that tangent. I totally forgot what in the world I was coming on here to talk to you about. That's what happens when you talk to a friend, doesn't it? You forgot what you were even saying to begin with because you guys just started talking about awesome things. (laughs) No, I remember now. I wanted to come on and talk about this. It's been highly requested and I'm going to kind of do a dual episode, um, in this episode, (laughs) kind of dual topics, but they're going to relate. I've been getting a lot of questions about chakras lately, and I know so many of you guys have found me from my old chakra episodes, like episodes one through 10 of your spiritual BFF, and I'm almost at episode 100. I think I'm at, I'm around 80. So I was like, wow, this is, I haven't really spoken about chakras um, and energy centers like that since then. I mean, I do it on my social media sometimes, but like not even as much over there. And it's a lot of the work that I do with folks, both energetically Um yeah, energetically. So I kind of wanted to ch- chat with you about that today. I've, I've had a few questions that I have noted here about what questions I have been getting. And finally, very much requested since I spoke about some of the crystal episodes. I can't remember which one I spoke with this about, but I have a theory about color and people's favorite colors being associated with 
some of the energies that they're feeling called to work with. So I'm going to talk about that in today's episode. Seriously, you guys message me whenever somebody new finds the podcast and they get to whatever episode that is where I say, I have a theory about this color thing. They're like, please do that episode. I think the same thing. So I've gotten that literally like a hundred times from people. So I think it's finally time for me to chat about that. And I thought, what a better way to chat about that when like re kind of a, a chakra revisited episode. Like let's talk about a few of the questions that I've had from you guys in the audience and talk about that a little bit more and and how I have evolved working with energy centers and energy in general. And um, yeah, we could talk about the colors with that because it goes right into my theory. So one of the questions I get often is, Hannah, how do I work with my chakras? That is a super valid question. (laughs) Once you learn about them, and again, I have all those chakra episodes at the first, I would say 10 or 15 episodes of this podcast. So scroll on back if you want a deep dive into the chakras and into even crystals, how to use them with chakras and all of that good stuff. So I recommend you start there. But to do like an extra deep dive here, I've had this question of how do I work with the chakras? And I have a background in Reiki. So I'm a Reiki level one and two practitioner. And I also have, you know, done all kinds of other healing modality techniques where um, some are involving the chakra system and some are not, whether that is working with the aura, working with the lines of light through our bodies. Like there's so many other techniques None of them discount the other, but some are just less focused on the chakra energy. But I'm going to tell you how I start an energy healing and how the process works for me and how I work with the chakras. I'm going to talk to you about how I work with them now as an experienced healer. And I'm also going to talk to you about how I started working with the chakras once I learned what they were, because I think that's really what you're here for is like, okay, I'm a beginner or I'm sort of kind of a beginner. I understand it. And I want to start working with my own chakras and like, how do I clear my own? How do I tap into my own? How do I get a sense if my chakras are open or closed, balanced or imbalanced, Um, stagnant, spinning open, spinning clockwise? Like, What does that look like? So I'm going to do a mini deep dive here, guys. I wish I could be on here for three hours talking to you. Um, So if there's any information that I missed or any questions you're left with, you can drop them here. If you're listening in Spotify, there's an option for a um, you know, a, a collaboration. If you have questions that you want to drop, there's a Q&A option at the end of every or at the bottom of every Spotify episode now, which is a cool feature. Or you can always email me or um, send me a message over on Instagram at Hannah Johnson Coaching. So anyways, I just wanted to preface that by like, I wish I could put all the information in here. And the other place, if you, this is not enough for you and you're ready to go deeper, because yes, we do go deeper in this, in the spiritual mentorship, we're starting in just two weeks. Um, let me be clear. We're starting at the, uh, January 24th in case this episode comes out, I guess when it comes out, it'll only be like a week or week and a half. So yes, especially if you're listening to this episode later, the day has may passed, but you can get on the wait list for the spiritual mentorship, my group program, it's an eight week group program where we dive deep into all things spirituality related. We're talking chakras. We're talking energy work, Akashic records, spirit guides. We're talking inner child work, shadow work, nervous system, manifestation, and so much more. And it really helps you get tools for the beginning of your spiritual awakening. And we do it in a group setting, live calls with me. Each call is between an hour and a half to two hours. And it is deep dives on two topics every single week. So 16 topics total during the eight weeks. It is 
freaking magic and helping you to come back to the truth of who you are, become your own best self healer. So just wanted to drop that in here. Um, reach out to me if you're interested in joining because we are getting started soon and this group is going to be magic. <laughs> so I'll kind of share, let, let's start with how I used to, how I got to where I am now as a healer. Cause I want to tell you how I work with chakras now, give you a little insight. So it gives you a few breadcrumbs on your own journey as you're discovering working with your own energy centers. When I first started though, I was introduced with, I had an idea of the chakras because I was receiving Reiki from a Reiki practitioner. And then I went to an energy healer that was not a Reiki practitioner. Um, she did this like four year course at the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. And um, she has so much more experience than that. But so she took a little bit of a different approach and she was not Reiki. Um, she did not do Reiki. It was incredibly powerful the first session we had together and we had actually discussed my first session. So we have a chat before, you know, I got on her healing table, just like I do with my clients. Like we always have a chat before the active healing starts when we're over, over virtual. And she was telling me that immediately when she met me, she's like, you know, you're a healer, right? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> okay. But I remember something happening in my body that's like, yes, I've always wanted somebody to validate for me, that for me. But I didn't even know what it meant, guys. Like that was the craziest thing. Like my body reacted in a way that was like, oh, finally, somebody sees me. But I didn't know what I was saying. Yes, finally too. It was the wildest thing. And she's incredibly intuitive, obviously. And so we get to talking. And so when we get, she said, you know, when we get on the table, I'd be happy to show you so that you can start reading your own energy centers to get a clue if your chakras are, what they're doing. Are they open? Are they closed? How wide are they open? And start intuitively sensing into your own energy. That's where this work really comes into play. Not you constantly. And this is what I tell my clients. It's like, eventually you're going to learn to do a lot of this yourself. Yes, we always need others to support us, help us move through things. We're never meant to do this work alone or in isolation. So you're always going to need supports here and there. But like, if I can bring you back to the magic of you and tapping into your own energy and um, helping you tap into your intuition and embracing and enhancing that, that is the goal of all this. Otherwise, what's it all for? So she got me on the table and she used a pendulum. Um, I think I did an entire pendulum episode probably in those first 20 episodes here on the podcast um, at the very beginning. So you could check that out. But she used a pendulum and showed me how to, she she did them over. So I was lying down and she did it over me, um, you know, starting at my root at the bottom and then moving upwards. And she, and she showed me like how she was basically testing to see what the chakras were telling her. Were they spinning open and clockwise? The pendulum was showing open and clockwise and how wide was the pendulum spinning? Was it blasting out and spinning really, really wide? Meaning the, the chakra was way too overexpanded and could be like blasted open or was it, was it not moving at all? Or was it moving clockwise? Meaning that chakra was closed or that chakra was, um, had some, un, has had some imbalance in it. Um, was it not moving at all over one of my chakras because then it's completely closed? Was it moving in an X direction, which means a variety of things could be happening there, right? So she's showing me this and I'm stunned watching her use this freaking pendulum in, in front of me and it responding to each of my energy centers as she moved it up my body. And she's, she's dangling it over my body. It's not touching me. 
And so she's like, you can do this for yourself. I recommend a wooden pendulum, which is why I always use wooden pendulums because that's the way I was taught. I know some people have metal or I've also used metal before or beautiful crystal ones. That's wonderful. But just know those metals and crystals will hold energy of their own. So there could be some interference unless you've cleansed it really well and set really, really strong intentions. And you know, maybe you're even wearing it or holding it a lot. So it's getting used to you and your energy. But just as a, a little warning there, like it could be holding, you know, it's energy of its own meaning. Like if it's a rose quartz, it could, that has been absorbing energies perhaps in the room that it's been sitting. Um, you know, it's been, it's been absorbing and transmuting energy for you. So it could be holding its own, its own energy. So it could be giving you mixed readings. That's why I, that's how I was taught. And that's why I use a wooden pendulum because it doesn't hold energy in the ways that like crystals and metals do. So, um, she did that and I got a wooden pendulum from her actually while I was there at her place and started reading my own. (sighs) Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to share with you what happened in my journey. Doesn't mean it has to be true for you, but recognize if you hear or see yourself in this. I started checking my own in that way and tapping in to see what I could pick up on in my own energy centers. Like, okay, I just want to see, is my root chakra open? Is it closed? And if I got anything other than open, I was really upset. I was like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. I'm doing, something's wrong. Like my root chakra is like spinning clockwise. It's not supposed to be doing that. And I really beat myself up and I would realize like, oh my God, I'm all out of whack. My energy is all messed up. Like I'm scattered energy, like all this stuff. And I made it mean way more than it really needed to be. And I was putting a lot of stock into it. And the second challenge I came when I started practicing this, and this is before guys, like I dove into my like real big healing stuff. This was at the very beginning. I was just scratching the surface. So I, the second thing I was challenged with was trust. I was having a hard time trusting myself and trusting that I could do this and trusting the information and the intuitive stuff I was picking up about my energy centers. So I want you to know that if you are beginning to explore this, that this is absolutely not, how do I want to say this? This is not um, unusual. And it's also a part of the journey. So many of us find this work and we're doubtful of ourselves. We have insecurities, perhaps low self-esteem. And if you've been through any trauma or abuse, that has probably been preyed upon as well, this lack of trust in yourself and others. And I want you to know that if that's coming up for you, it's okay. And it is a part of your journey and it's intending, it's coming up for a purpose is divinely coming up and these tools are helping you discover that. So while all of this stuff is so cool and so interesting and so just mind-blowing and fascinating and powerful, whether we're talking about crystals or pendulums or energy work or chakras, whatever, it's all leading you back to the truth of who you are. So I don't want you to get too, and I wish somebody would said this to me. So I'm saying this to my past self and I'm saying it to you if you're getting started on this journey and you're really curious about working with your chakras and opening up to your intuition and all that good stuff. If there are things coming up for you as you are exploring these modalities and these tools and these topics, it's, that's what this is about. It's not about the end result of knowing how to check your chakras. It's about whatever 
is coming up for you. It's that, I hate to be cliche. It's that old thing of like, it's not the destination, it's the journey. (laughs) But I want to go deeper than that because had you not found or felt compelled to try this out and try to kind of check your own chakras and work with that energy, it wouldn't have led you to the opportunity and the gift that you're being given of this thing coming up for you. Whether that's the lack of trust, the self-doubt, the the fear, all of it, the unexpected things that come up when we explore spiritual tools, which is why I started the spiritual mentorship because so much stuff comes up for people as you are exploring these tools. Think of the stuff that has come up for you so far. If you've leaned into exploring spirit guides, think of the insecurities or the worries or the concerns or fears or the doubts that have come up for you since exploring spirit guides or chakras or oracle cards or crystals. All of that has purpose All of that is opportunity for you. Huge opportunity and gifts for you for self-discovery, for healing that self-trust, healing the doubt, healing your insecurity about how fucking powerful you are. That's why all this is coming up. So you're being, so that's what I tell people to follow your breadcrumbs. It's not just to find the next big sexy thing to try out because it's really popular online right now. Following your breadcrumbs is about following your unique journey back to you, who you authentically are and your journey here and what you've come to heal and what you've come to experience, what you've come to discover within yourself. That's why all these tools and modalities are, you're so drawn to them. So if you've got some stuff coming up as you are exploring how to tap into your chakras, know, oh, This is information for me. This is an opportunity for me. This is not me doing it wrong. This is not me being bad or or not having the skills or not being a healer, any of that. It's an opportunity for you to face what is coming up for you, to move through it. And then the modality becomes the the cherry on top because the real gift was the healing that took you through it. So my journey with energy work and becoming a Reiki practitioner and then stepping into exploring so many other modalities and having a thriving energy healing practice is so much self-trust. Oh my God, like off the chain. Like that's why when I started this podcast, I was like, oh my God, am I going to talk about all the things? Like the ninth chakra, like I, I've never heard of, you know, I've never really like explored that like spirit guys. Like I tell, I tell people in detail during Akashic record readings and energy healings with folks, like the details that I'm seeing about their guides and angels around them and what messages they have for them and the, the colors and the objects that I'm seeing in their chakras and the, um, the energies that I'm picking up, the past life connections, the cords that I'm picking up to certain family members or certain experiences or situations. I have literally no doubts about this stuff anymore, even if it feels wild, even if it feels unrelated, even if it feels so out there and woo-woo where I'm like, whoa, I've never experienced this before. Cool. I'm going to trans, I'm going to channel this to them without my ego being present so that I, I, who am I to stand in the way of their message? Who am I to stand in the way of what's coming through for them and their healing? I have come to that place of assuredness within myself through alchemizing the distrust that I had in myself and others through my entire healing journey throughout my entire life. I alchemized 
so much of the hurt and pain and the self-doubt and the not listening to myself, not listening to my intuition, um, being manipulated, being hurt, just just huge, huge, huge trust wounds within myself and others. I alchemized that through coming into energy work. I thought what I wanted at the end was to be Reiki certified so that I could like do this cool thing because it is awesome. It's incredible and bring healing to others and help them on their journeys. But it ended up being about my own healing journey and the old, my own alchemization and, and the trans, the transference, the transformation that came through finding all these things. And it will be the same for you. It's not going to look the same, but I don't want you to get discouraged if you're like, this is what's coming up for me. I feel like this is a block for me. If it's not, it's not a fucking block. It's something for you to work with. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to alchemize, to transmute and to transform and to create really deep healing for you. So let's come back to the chakras because I know you want that information too, but that message that just channeled through to me, I have... I have scalp tingles. Like there's some crazy crown chakra activation happening right now. It's like on next level tingles. Like I feel like I can barely see. It feels so incredibly intense, um, but beautiful. (laughs) So notice what you are experiencing and how this truth is resonating in your body. Somatically and kind of track that for a moment because this, this met that message channeled through so powerfully. Um, I felt like it channeled through my higher self and I just appreciate her and all my past selves for doing so much of the work to get me to be able to translate this incredible information and journey to others. <sighs> the other thing that I explored when I, I went through a six month healership course with two of my mentors um, that one was a Reiki healer and also went through the Barbara Brennan School of Healing and the other, she did end up getting her Reiki certification as we all did through the other person. But anyways, it was like a whole group of us, but two of my mentors um, took us through a six month healership course, um, Healing Alchemy Unleashed. Um, and she, both of them taught so many incredible healing modalities I can apply in my life and then eventually into my clients. But it was always about the focus of like, how what's coming up for you and that's when I realized oh this is about alchemizing my own healing so that yes eventually I can pass this on to others and support others with this but like it really was about my healing all along but when I worked with them we used to have to chart like we had a piece of paper with like the outline of a, of a human body and so we would have to chart if their chakras were open or closed by using our pendulum well by the end of the six months I wasn't using the pendulum anymore because I had created so I developed my intuition so fucking much in those six months with them that I no longer needed it so I want to kind of share with you what that looked like and I was still a little mm, a little insecure about it like for instance we had a um, retreat at the end of the six months together to come together for a weekend and practice everything and be in community and it was just so incredible the healing that took place that weekend and the beautiful connections and just the the unleashing of who we were all stepping into from that weekend it was so powerful and we had to do a little presentation about the person that we had been doing practice healings with for six months our our um, our practice client And I remember giving mine, we had to draw kind of on that human body on the piece of paper, like what we had, what they, how they started 
what we were seeing starting out and what we were ending up with. And oh my gosh, I forgot mine's literally in the room right beside me. Like I've got the paper kind of folded up. It's behind a shelf of mine, but it just drew my eye to it. I can't, it's still in here. I remember like I didn't want to draw it in the way they had instructed us to by like showing like a swirl in a clockwise direction or a swirl in a counterclockwise direction. My intuition speaks a lot through images to me and feeling so very like clairsentience and claircognizant um clairvoyance is also like seeing so anyways like I have a I have a lot of the clairs and I've developed them over the years and again the the clairs the clairvoyance and all that there's six of them I talk about that the spiritual mentorship so again that's the deep dive you want to be in if you want to deep dive more to this guys um and develop your own intuition and your own clear sense but through my development, my own clear sense, I was like feeling so called to like not do it that way. I was like, that's not the way I'm seeing it. I'm not seeing it in a counterclockwise spiral anymore. I can, I can, I can tap into that and go, okay, it's about, their chakra is about four inches wide, which is a little bit smaller than it should be. And it's kind of oblong, which is meant to be circular. So there's something a little funny going on there. And um, it's kind of dull in color. And I can feel that it's wobbly. It's it's going clockwise, but it's like, ooh, ooh, it's wobbly. Like I'm hearing that sound. Like that's another one of my clears. Like I can hear things. Like I'm hearing like a wobbly sound. Guys, all of this came with practice. I want you to know, like even though I was in a class doing this for six months, like I had so many insecurities moving through this stuff. And that's why I had mentors to help me through this. I did not do this alone and neither should you. It's not meant to be done. It's meant to be done in a fucking village in community with each other. But I just started tuning in after a lot of practice with, with what I had been taught with structure, with the pendulum and tuning into my intuition of like, okay, this is like, okay, the, the pendulum is telling me that the chakra is closed and it's spinning in counterclockwise direction but i'm also picking up through my intuitive sense that it's that this third chakra just is just an example that this third chakra that i'm tuning into is connected to the throat cuz i'm feeling something bubble in my throat so i'm feeling my my clear sentience kick in and i'm feeling like some bubbling and some burping in my throat so it's connected here let me tune into the throat chakra i'm seeing some deep 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 blue colors and the chakra I'm using my intuitive sense guys like my chakra that chakra of the throat feels very deep like a well I'm sensing a well now I'm seeing a picture of a well lots of water and things like that I just kind of gave you an example of how I see that was like kind of in the beginning now it comes through like boom 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 so quickly and I experience it without doubt instead of having to track it step by step kind of like what I just did out loud in the beginning, I had to because I had to like connect the dots for myself. And now I just trust. Like if I start feeling burping, I'm like, okay, immediately throat chakra. I don't have to go, okay, I think this is connected here. The throat chakra is blue. Let me see what I can tune into. No, sometimes I don't see blue in the throat chakra because maybe there's an imbalance or maybe I'm being shown something differently so that the message of what is causing an imbalance here or what needs to be healed here is coming through in a different way that's not just the colors. The colors are informative. Lean into the colors. If you're somebody who's very visual, you can lean into the colors to help you. So say, we're going to do an exercise in a second. I'm going to have you close your eyes. And I'm going to take you through kind of a chakra check here and see what you get intuitively. This is not about doing it right. This is not about doing it the way I do it. This is about just noticing how you are experiencing your energy centers. Okay, we're going to do that exercise in just a moment. And then I'm going to close this out by talking about the colors. I promise my theory of the colors. <laughs> 
when I started doing it that way, my mentors were very encouraging of me to lean into how I was experiencing it and continue to do it in the structure that they told me as well, because the collaboration of them both would really help give me a better picture and understanding of my client. Do I now have a chart for every client where I write on there kind of what I'm sensing? No, but I know some people that do. And I wouldn't be opposed to pulling that out every now and again and kind of mapping chakra wise what I'm sensing in somebody's energy and or out in their aura like I always do an aura scan sometimes I see shit floating around in your aura sometimes there's layers of the aura as well and so sometimes I notice it in the emotional layer of your aura versus the um the other layers of your aura I'm not gonna go there (laughs) this will be a five-hour podcast so I just, through my development of my self-trust and my own intuition and like the way I uniquely expressed it, that's why by the time I got to the retreat and I showed them my chart of how I drew and how I experienced my client in the first month that I worked with her and the second month, I used images. I didn't draw the little like arrows and like swirls to show like which way the chakra was spinning and which direction it was going. Was the direction, was it going vertical or was it going horizontal? Because all of that means something different. Like I had the grasp and understanding of that, but like for me to translate the transformation for my client from month one to month six, that was the way I needed to put it through. And I was really nervous to present it that way because when you, when you go to school, especially American school, I'm sure it's like this in other places though, if you're not from the um, Americas, but Like there's one way to do things. Like if you don't show your work and it's not the way the teacher taught you, like, I don't know about you, but like a lot of the school, the public schools I went to was like, I don't know how you got this answer. So the answer is wrong, even though the answer is right. And also like, we're going to teach it to you like one or maybe two ways and you have to do it these ways. And like, that's that because that's the way it's going to be taught on the test, right? That's the way it's going to be presented on the test. So you need to know how to do this. We're taught in a very structured way. Like we're not giving a lot of like creativity and independence to discover our own ways or to have like neurodivergence at all. So that is what I have found freedom in with healing work and spirituality. And I think that's why many of you are probably called to it too is because if you're resonate with the term neurodivergent at all, like you see things and conceptualize things and process things differently. And that's a huge fucking gift. And in this community and in the spiritual world and with energy you can really lean into that and know that that's your fucking gift and you're meant to express it the way you're seeing it not the way that a teacher taught you how or a healer taught you how or a mentor taught you how or I taught you how but you might be picking up nuggets from my experiences like oh my god I see it like that too or like oh my gosh Hannah's validating for me that I hear sounds when I sense energies and like I didn't know that was a fucking thing Yes, it's a fucking thing. Yes, it's your gift. Yes, lean into that. You're not wrong just because you're not doing it the way you've maybe read in the chakra books, which can be very overwhelming, by the way. Those books are normally so cumbersome. Um, But if you found one you like, hell yeah, good for you. I'd love to see it. So feel free to send me a picture sometime and be like, I love the chakra book. (laughs) Um, People ask me for recommendations of that all the time. I was like, oh gosh, I don't know, man. I don't even know where to get you started with that. There's like so much cool stuff out there but like many of them like I've seen chakra books that are like literally thicker than a fucking encyclopedia like holy hell um but let's get back to what I was saying so I was presenting my charts I was a little insecure but I knew they would respect me tapping into my own intuition so before I remember before putting my paper up to show everybody I was like so I didn't draw like the arrows and the swirls and all that but I drew them in pictures because that's the way I saw it and they were like yes please show us 
And I had an explanation and I could pick up the energy through the pictures that I had and the symbols that I had drawn on my little map of a person to explain to the to my two teachers and the course and explain to my peers and in, in the, the healing group that this was the energy I was picking up on. And that's why there are there is a what looks like a ball of yarn here because I pictured a ball of yarn in their stomach as if like it was just tangled and mangled and by the end it felt like these beautiful orange and yellow swirls going in and, go and threads of gold and like there was actually a flow of energy returned. So the ball of yarn represented this jumble of energy that was stagnant and that couldn't move and that was like hopeless of like I'm never going to be able to untangle this and by the end of our work together it was this beautiful flow and the color was coming back and the color was infusing with yellows and oranges because it was this energy being shared from her sacral to her solar plexus and spreading all throughout her energy field because all of that energy was finally coming back online and they gave me so much validation for the way I saw it and yes I did need that validation because I still had a little bit of insecurity from I think like being a student uh, in school for so many years of like if I don't do this right like I'm gonna get called out in front of the class so I was really grateful that they still pushed me to understand like was the energy moving horizontal or vertical was it open or closed what what did the actual chakra look like I could still tell you that through my visual representations so I'm going to take you through a brief exercise right here right now where wherever you are and you can keep your eyes open or closed if you're driving and this is too distracting for you please pause and do this later um, it's not going to be a meditation, but it is a moment of turning inward to sense what you can sense, okay? And that's all I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to sense it in the way I just did. I'm asking you to sense what you sense. Notice what you notice. What we're going to do is we're going to start at the root and we're going to work our way up. So I'm going to name the chakras and you're going to notice what you notice. And I'm going to even give you some cues. For instance, when I say we're going to tap into the root chakra, the root chakra is at the base of your spine. It is a one directional chakra. Remember, our chakras have a front and the back. So with our root, it it's one. It's one direction. It goes down in between your legs. And remember the chakras, just as a few cues here to support you, are funnel shaped. And I might even give you a cue with a color. Notice what you notice. If you're picking up images, words, feelings, smells, tastes, sounds, sensations, any of that is, it's all valid, even beyond what I just expressed. A memory, Okay, if you're feeling an energetic tingle, any of that stuff, okay, any of the sensations are valid. I just want you to note each of those and see what your experience is. And this is a beautiful way to start self-healing is just by becoming aware of your energy centers. So when people like want to jump right into the healing piece, we have to be aware of the energy centers first before we dive into the healing pieces, right? Okay, so wherever you are, you can keep your eyes open for this or closed. Or my favorite is to kind of lower my eyes to half mast. And I'm going to kind of just drop my gaze just a little bit down into the floor. Again, pause me if you're somewhere um, driving or something that you can't focus on this. I want you to come back to it and stay safe. So I just want you to drop into your body just for a moment. And with your eyes open, closed, or gently gazed, lowered, and softened, I want you to focus and bring your mind's eye and your awareness to your root, your root chakra open to its perfect and healthy balance, or just notice what you notice about it. So at the bottom of your 
tailbone, reaching out through your the center of your legs. You might sense the color red. And it's that funnel shape. Just notice what you notice right now. What can you sense about your root? Color, shape, direction that it may be spinning or open to. Is there any movement? Is there no movement? Are there any sensations or feelings you're picking up here? Just notice what you notice. We're not attaching stories to this. You're just casually being a non-judgmental observer. And then move up to your sacral. So that is a few inches below your belly button and your pub into your pubic bone. So in that area, front and back. So our sacral chakra is both front and back. We have the front side coming out and opening up to the world in front of us. And then we have the back side opening to the world behind us on that lower back sacral area. Colors of orange, perhaps. Notice what other colors you might sense here. Notice here. Notice the shape of the front and the back chakra. See what you discover there. Is there movement, no movement? Are there sounds, smells, tastes, sensations, memories? Words coming up. What do you notice about your sacral chakra right now? Take a deep breath in and out coming up to your solar plexus in between your belly button and your um, chest here both front and back the front side of your body the back side of your body in the same place on the other side in the mid back what do you notice about your solar plexus chakra right now what's coming up about it what sensations are you experiencing if you're a visualizer, you could visualize it in your mind's eye. If you're a sensory person, you can place your hands on those part of your bodies. I have one hand on my back. I have one hand on my front where my solar plexus is. Notice what you notice. You're doing great. And then come up to the heart. There's a front and the back of the heart. So the upper back and the front of your chest here. What color are you noticing? What shape, texture, sensation? What messages are you getting from your heart chakra right now, front and back? And moving up to your throat, the front side of your throat where your neck is and the back side of your throat where your neck is, even coming up into your lower part of your face. So your ears, your nose, your mouth, just kind of noticing that general area just right there around your upper back too, kind of noticing where your throat chakra is connected to all of these parts. A front and a back side, notice if any sensations are coming into your throat right now. That's information for you. Any colors, textures, smells, tastes, sensations, words, knowings, impressions. Take a deep breath in and out, moving up to your third eye, noticing what is happening here in your third eye, recognizing that we have a front and a back side of our third eye. The third eye is right in between the eyebrows near the forehead. And on the back side, 
directly shooting straight back through your head, the back of your head there in this area. Connecting your neck and the back part of your head. The back side of the chakra, the front side. Notice what you notice here. Any images, words, visualizations, impressions, feelings, sensations. And finally, up to your crown chakra. At the very top of your head, it is just one directional, just like your root. So it is going, it's opening up circularly on the top of your head and going out in the shape of a funnel, just like our other chakras, going straight up above you, noticing how the shape, the size, texture, color, sensations, vibrations you're experiencing with your crown, noticing what is here now. And take a deep breath in. You might place your hands on the body. We're going to come back with our eyes open if you had them open or if you had them closed. Taking a stretch if you need to. You did an excellent job. This might be something you can, this is absolutely something you come back to. But this might be something come back to if you're not anywhere where you can like make some notes or journal on. Just like I did when I was getting practice, I, I had homework to do because I was in a, I was in a course. I had to do like a paper after every healing, both for myself and what came up for the client and what came up for myself. So it was a lot of reflection and, and introspection. I encourage you to do that for yourself. You might grab a journal and note what you noticed. If something particularly stood out about the throat chakra or the third eye, like my head's starting to feel heavy, you might even notice what happened before and after you did this exercise. You might note what colors, what sensations, images, textures, tastes, feelings, sensations, impressions, words that you got for each of them. What were you able to notice? What was your experience? How do you feel? How did you feel before? How do you feel after? And process through that. I really recommend getting getting a journal and and doing that. This is also something, you know, when I I've I've taken people through this exercise in energy healing sometimes before so that you've got like me in front of you so we can talk through like what you're sensing. I've had clients do that at the end of a session to go like, "Hey, can I can you help me tap into my own energy centers so that I can kind of do a checkup for myself at home?" And I'm like, "Yes, that's like what I want people to be able to do and be their own self-healer." And note, guys, anything that came up for you. I want to bring this back to how I brought this up too, which is that like these modalities and these check-ins with yourself, we think they're about mastering, understanding energy work and chakras and being able to do self-healings, but it's about the journey in between too. It's about the opportunities and being to alchemize what is coming up for us. So if frustration came up for you, if you're saying nothing, I got nothing, Hannah, what's coming up for you that you felt nothing? How does that make you feel? What are you experiencing that you felt as if you got nothing from that? This process is the process. It is the point. So don't skip this part. Don't skip the self-reflection and don't give up on this. This, what I now consider a mastery in a lot of ways, and I'm still a student in a lot of ways as well, 
is through practice and feeling like I wasn't doing it well enough or doing it right and all these things. Like I had to do those stumblings too, but I also like eventually found my own healers and mentors and supporters that could walk me through any of the stuff that was coming up, which is why I do work with people the way I do is because I know what it feels like (laughs) to be moving through these things. And again, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep repeating it always. You're not meant to do this work alone. You are not alone. You are not meant to do this work in isolation. You're meant to do this with others. You're meant to do this in community. You go and do this with community. You go and do this with a mentor, supporter, whoever. And then you go out and practice and embody and integrate everything you're learning so that you can do this work independently and come back for supports and guidance and connection and community as needed. But you're not meant to try to figure out all this on your own. So I have so many people asking me, where do I start with this, Hannah? This is a beautiful place to start. And go out there and get some support. Eventually, I'm sorry, but eventually, you're sorry, not sorry. You're going to have to stop reading the books. You're going to have to stop listening to the podcast and never applying it. You're going to have to stop half-assed reading the books. You're going to have to stop trying to figure this out on your own. And you're going to have to reach out for support. You're going to have to get in touch with someone who knows what you're going through, who's been where you are, who resonates with you who understands where you're coming from and how to get you from there to there, who has the skill set, who has the support in place for you. Eventually, that's what is going to have to happen. It's going, it may look different for you than it has looked for me, as I've described, when I've gone to therapists, counselors, healers, mentors, coaches, courses, all these things, masterminds, group programs, one-on-one programs. Like, There's even more beyond that, but those are some of the examples of, of finding people to support you through this. That is a that is a harsh reality. Eventually, I had to own up to because like I thought like oh Miss Independent like I have to do this on my own. I've done everything else on my own. I fucking figured it out. That's not required anymore. That was actually part of my journey too. Was like being Miss Independent and thinking I need to do it on my own. I put myself through school. I worked five jobs. I've I've scrimped and saved for everything I've got. I've worked so hard for what I've got. That was a trauma response for maybe not having the support that I desired for so many years. And I really had to move through that. That was part of my alchemization and the transmutation that I got to move through with some of the, the, the wounds and the pain that was coming up for me. When you choose to work with someone, when you choose to reach out for support, when you choose to enter a community, when you choose to talk about this with a friend, that begins to open up to you and healing begins to happen, but it won't until you're ready, but it will have to happen. <laughs> and that gets to be exciting and fun and lovely and so fucking healing to work with someone else to be seen and witnessed and understood. So when you're wondering how can I clear my own chakras, I want to leave you with this. Connecting and creating awareness about your experience of your own energy. Through the exercise I just did, yes, But in your own way, you can come up with your own exercise. That's how I've come up with it intuitively. That's how I've taken clients and myself through it, is checking through the chakras like that. You can do the same with the aura. You could sit here and notice gently with your eyes closed or gently at half mass with softening gaze. Notice how you feel your energy field around you. Can you play with it? Can you expand it to 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet? Can you expand it to fill up the room from the ceiling to to the walls to... to... (laughs) That song just came up. (laughs) <laughs> a little John song <laughs> from the windows to the walls. <laughs> I won't finish the lyric. Oh my gosh, that made me giggle. But can you fill up the room with your energy field? And then can you bring it back closer and closer and closer to you? And then can you sense a color? Then can you sense a texture or a taste? Or can you see what what are you experiencing of the layers? What are you experiencing? Is there anything in your aura? Is 
um, what color, shade, uh, texture, smell, taste. You can do that with so many layers of this. So use this and develop your own way of checking in with yourself. But you can't master clearing your own energy field and chakra blocks if you're not willing to create awareness and meet yourself right where you are with whatever awareness you do have. Okay, whatever awareness you do have, whether you notice one thing for each chakra, two things for the whole experience, or you got one word or message out of that experience, that is your starting place. And when you commit to coming back to that over and over and over again, I don't teach you guys this stuff. I don't share this stuff for you so you could practice it once on the podcast and go, oh, that was great, great. I'm inspired. I'm going to be inspired for two days and forget about it. That's why it's so important to start applying the shit that you've been learning and to actually integrate it, apply it and embody it so that it becomes a second nature to you so that it becomes embodied in who you be, who you are authentically. And so you could be showing up in that way, but it can't happen unless you're willing to begin implementing these things, which is why I encourage people to work with me or someone else that you resonate with. Because these podcasts, these Instagram pages, these TikToks, these books and things are only going to get you so far. At some point, you're going to have to say, fuck yes to myself. I'm committing to my own journey on this, not about what other people are telling me I should or shouldn't be experiencing, not about how this worked for this person. And yes, like I got nuggets from that. I got so much knowledge and wisdom, but I'm now needing to figure out how to apply it. It's going to require you taking the leap and talking to someone, working with somebody and applying it. So I'm happy to be that person if it's me. Otherwise, like I encourage you to follow your breadcrumbs with that. Now, I want to talk about the color piece of this because this is probably what like a huge piece of why you're in this episode to begin with. And um, yeah, I'm going to come to the color piece of this. I've had in this episode, in the episode before where I said I have a theory that every that people's favorite colors directly correlate with an energy they're meant to be working with or that they're drawn with or they're missing in their lives. That's kind of my theory. And it came through working with children. So I want to share that um, with you now. Hi, I wanted to quickly pop in and let you know about the very exciting opportunity to join the next round of the spiritual mentorship. My spiritual mentorship is now enrolling. It is a transformational eight-week group journey where you will learn the spiritual tools that will help you gain wild confidence and your intuitive abilities. You'll connect more deeply with your higher self and become your own best self-healer so you can lead a more magical, connected life. This is for those in the beginning of their spiritual awakening journey. You will have individualized support during this group opportunity and learn these spiritual concepts twice a week for eight weeks. Maybe you're not entirely sure what your next step is in your spiritual journey. Maybe you've been trying to put the pieces together and applying all of that info, all of that content from the books, the podcasts, the TikToks, the Instagrams, all of the things. And you're trying to find a way to really apply all of the things that you've been learning from these things. Perhaps you've been looking for a spiritual teacher that you can trust. Maybe you've been searching for someone that you could talk to about your spiritual questions Maybe you desire guidance with a trustworthy mentor. And if you're looking to develop your intuition, you've come to the right place. Now you've been led here. The spiritual mentorship was created just for you. We began January 24th, 2023. 
head to my website and you can get in and save your spot now at hannahjohnsoncoaching.com. If you have questions, reach out to me anytime over on Instagram about the program. We will explore so many things, including intuition, developing your unique intuition, crystals, how to use oracle cards, manifestation, spirit guides, Akashic records, inner child work, shadow work, nervous system regulation, and so much more. Everything you need to be lovingly guided and starting to get to know yourself, your authentic, true self to create deep healing and stepping into your higher self is in this program. You will not find anything else out there like this. I can already feel the beautiful souls that are going to be joining this round. I feel you. I can't wait to welcome you in this magical program with a group of like-hearted souls that are on their unique journey and all the beautiful things that you're going to share with one another and learn together and the community that we create in this program. Again, head over to hannahjohnsoncoaching.com to get in right away, or you can pop over on Instagram and DM me spiritual mentorship, and I will get you in there. I can't wait to see you. Yay. So my background is working with children, early development, um, birth through kindergarten, really birth through second grade is my experience with working with children my entire life. And I started to notice things as I was stepping into my exploration of energy work and chakras and all that, because you know, each chakra is associated with a color. And that, that color, that chakra, that energy holds its own energy imprint and its own themes and the way we take in information and experience the world and the way we process it through our energy, our energy field, our body, emotion, emotionally, etc. So I remember, I guess it was 2020 to 2021, I had an opportunity to work with an incredible group of kiddos at their home um, and privately teach them during the pandemic, which was just incredible, the best teaching um, opportunity of my life. (laughs) And um, privately at their home, I had six of them. And we were playing one of their backyards for recess one day. So cool. We got to play in backyards for recess. And we were over at their house and he had this bucket of crystals in his backyard. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where did you get these, dude? And he was like, yeah, at the crystal mines or whatever. So I'm sure they were up at the mountains and like you got to like sift through whatever to like find gold and crystals and all that. And he had this giant bucket of them. So we start taking out, we're playing with them. And um, I was like, guys, which, and they were so drawn to them. Kids and cats are so drawn to crystals. I don't, I was gonna say, I don't know what it is, but like I do, cause like I feel drawn to them as well. And I think many of us do, but anyways, they were so drawn to them. So while many of them were out playing, you know, in the yard, doing whatever, swing on the swing set, by the time a few of them had like like been drawn over to me when they heard us talking about the crystals by the end of it they were all six over there playing in the crystals and so I kept asking them which ones are you called to which ones are you drawn to I just want to out of curiosity get a sense of like which ones they and some of them I could identify and some of them I wasn't as sure um there was a huge variety of crystals in there there was anything from um uh amethyst and rose rose quartz to uh, turquoise to goldstone to, oh my gosh, there was so many. There was, um, some pyrite. There was some obsidian. I'm there was probably 25 different kinds. Um, there was some amber, there was some, all kinds of different ones, um, in there that I I can't even recall right now, but I I remember having pictures of the the kids with their crystals. I'm like, this is so fascinating to me of, 
of who is drawn to what. And like some of them, there was like one that had drawn an amber and opal. And like, I knew some things she was going through at the time. And I was like, wow, that is so incredible. Like knowing what she's going through right now and in and, and her, and her experience as as um a new soul on this earth and this in this in this experience that she's having and um that was really incredible and it got me thinking and I think I'd already done the chakra podcast episodes by this point talking about I have a theory with kids about their favorite colors um and I think it applies to adults too so I kind of want to chat with you just just chitty chat friend to friend about what I have backing up this theory intuitively and kind of like, I would love to hear your, your point of view. So if you listen to this episode, like, let me know, be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I've heard so many of you that says like, please record that episode have told me those stories of like, I feel like my son is so drawn to the color red because, and like we go into whole, that whole conversation. So I remember one of my students in particular, um, he, he loved the color red and this person, I, I knew, again, what he was struggling with. When you're a teacher, when you work with kids, period, or you have your own children, um, you can just tell, like, they're always moving through stuff. And kids actually move energy pretty well and pretty quickly. And so you'll know what I'm talking about of, like, picking up, you know, if the kids are, like, this is the first time, like, having these experiences in this lifetime of, like, trying to figure out the world and the way the world works. So sometimes they're very specifically moving through some themes or some some pieces of what it means to be a child and some challenges that they're faced with and friendships in school and getting to know themselves and the relationship with their siblings or their parents or or themselves and this student in particular he um I knew some of what he kind of was challenged with and I remember sitting while they were in their on their virtual lesson. So I got a little break from like instructing and I got to do some prep work for the lesson after. So I'm sitting there and I remember looking up at him and I had this sense and he was wearing all red that day. And I knew his favorite color was red anyways. It's one of the first things you learn about kids, their favorite colors. <laughs> so this is really easy to do. This is not an opportunity, by the way, to microanalyze anybody. Just intuitively, this came up to me and I want to keep it fun and lighthearted. But I think it does point to, especially if you're a parent or a grandparent or you work with people with children um, or you work with children, whatever that is, it might be um, interesting for you to kind of explore. And with your own self, I don't think this just applies to children, but it's where I first observed it. And I think it's in its purest form. And then in adulthood, who knows, it might get a little more complicated, but I found it to be true for me. So let me share. He was wearing all red. I knew his favorite color was red. I got this intuitive sense about his root chakra, like constantly opening and closing, opening and closing, opening and closing. He had a really hard time with transitions. He had a really hard time being in his body. He had a really hard time managing emotions. That all tracks with root chakra challenges, with root chakra issues, with being fully in your body, grounded and connected to self and feeling sense of safety and security. And I think what would often happen when they were having a hard time managing their emotions is that they would, they would, their, their, their root chakra, the student's root chakra would come in and up into the, their body instead of out and open, um, staying where it should be, open into its healthy and perfect place, staying in their body. They were often coming out of their body. Therefore, their, their root was really like shrinking up into nothing and closing. So then they were having even more of a hard time feeling a sense of safety and security to come back into their body to start to learn how to manage their emotions. 
that helped me. I got all of that information in like a flash. Um, again, I knew this child's background. I'd already been working with them for months and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting that like his favorite color is red. And then I started thinking about the other students in my life, both current and past. And I'm like, oh my gosh, their favorite color was purple. And that kid, she was so fucking smart, but she was also so socially aware. She was so highly sensitive. I could sense that she was so highly sensitive. She was such a fucking empath. And her intuition was off the charts, but in many ways, she didn't know how to use it because she was so highly sensitive. Now, she was being nurtured in that way. Fortunately, I, I could I could really sense that and like had people around her and caregivers around her that were very patient with her because of her intellect. And so there was an opportunity for her to get that nurturing so that she could stay in her body to trust and connect with her intuition. But you could see she was still, to be honest, kind of like figuring it out, a little bit of troubled with it. And I think all of us highly sensitives and, and empaths here could like really relate with that as like children, there was probably a pivotal time for you too, where there were times where you were sensing things and picking up things and then realizing like, oh, I don't know if this is safe. Like I need supports around me. And if you didn't have the the supports and the patients and the, the self-aware caregivers around you, you may not have gotten that. And that's when we turn off our intuition as young kids and we start, we stop trusting that. And like our third eye kind of goes dark. It, it, it closes up and it's not as active because it didn't feel safe and it didn't feel nurtured. So I started sensing that with her. So anyways, I, those are just a few examples. So let me bring it to now me. Um, my favorite color growing up um, was always purple as well. <laughs> and so I speak from experience about being a highly sensitive child with intellect and um, not always feeling understood. And I was neurodivergent. So like I wasn't, I didn't exactly have the intellect to be able to apply it once I got past um, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. So it's much more challenging for me and school-wise because it's taught one single way and you learn it this way or the highway. Um, so that was definitely a challenge for me. But I had a lot of, um, I feel like I had a lot of an untapped intellect, but I also had a ton of, of we talk about IQ, but I had a I had a lot of EQ, which is emotional intelligence, and that wasn't fostered as much um, because I also, you know, our parents are just doing the best they could. So this is not any blame on any of our parents or teachers. I'm not shitting on the school system, not any of that. I'm just telling you my experience that it didn't exactly foster um, an intuitive emotion, uh, you know, sensitive and empathic child. And so I think eventually, like that, that third chakra like shut down but I was so drawn like I had purple walls in my room but I also think like I was still open to it and so I think that is also when I started realizing like oh I'm thinking of like other kids but what about me when I was a kid and at some point between my favorite color being purple I changed to green I think around the age of 14 Mm, no, 12 or 13, which made a lot of sense with what I was going through as a preteen and early teenager. Um, some big stuff, um, as many of us do, but a lot of trauma and things like that occurred around that age for me. So it made sense that um, my focus and energy shifted to needing more heart-centered um, energy and love and connection that I wasn't necessarily getting in the way that I needed it, that nurturing. And so my favorite color became green as that was what I was after and what I needed to be nurtured was that heart chakra energy. 
And then sometime around age 17 to 20, my favorite color, it became blue. My favorite color is still blue now. Um, so interesting. Blue, if you think of it, is associated with the throat chakra. I would say between ages 17 and 20 or 20, yeah, about that age is when it really shifted to blue. I started finding my voice when I went to college because I then had the freedom to. I was becoming my own adult. Um, I started going to therapy for the first time around that age when I went to college, about age 19. And um, I started speaking up in classes when I hadn't spoke up in classes before because college classes of professors are a lot different than the structure of, of high schools. So I had a lot more freedom there to express my unique perspective about things. And that throat chakra stuff and speaking my truth, I had never shared about so many things I had gone through as a young child, as a teenager, and through therapy and talking to friends and all that and expressing like my truth for the first time really brought my throat chakra back online because I, my, my, I feel like my voice was stifled a lot as a young person. And I actually just posted in <laughs> on my Instagram stories at Hannah Johnson Coaching today. I saw, I saw a Facebook post. It was like, this is a shout out to all the girls who had um, talks too much written on her report card every year. <laughs> And I was like, okay, anybody else? Because like there was so many, like I kindergarten and first grade, like I had to call my my parents um halfway through the day because my teacher was so frustrated with me that I kept fucking talking to everyone because like I was such a talker, but and I was such an expresser, but I also was like helping people with their work because like I was doing the fucking teacher's job thing because like it was in me. Like that was like who I was, and I wasn't given like so, anyways, I but I love my kindergarten first grade teacher. Again, I'm not shitting on her, but I had this yearning to express myself and to help others and to guide others through things and to talk. Um, with school, unfortunately, it got shut down. And then through coming into being a preteen and like having an attitude and hormones and an opinion and trying to find my place in the world and not really getting an opportunity to do that, um, per se, with like parents that were open to nurturing a young a preteen or a teenager into allowing them to speak their minds and their hearts and their opinions. I was not allowed to do that. So my voice was stifled more. So it made sense that when I got a chance to be out on my own, come home to my adulthood, that throat chakra came online and I started embracing that part of me and that expression of self again. So therefore my favorite color became blue. I would still say my favorite color is blue. I think like, it's so funny. Like I even said on my Instagram stories, I'm like, if this was you, if you always had a no on your thing of like, you know, is always talking or likes to express herself or like is always trying to help people with the answers to their math problems. <laughs> like of those things, like if you were the, the, the chitty chatter in school, like I am right there with you. Um, again, it got shut down eventually pretty early on, but like I have stepped back into that in my adulthood. Like I am a talker for sure. Um, but I also like talking is my fucking job now. Like that's how I help people and create healing for folks is through this fucking podcast. But beyond that, before I even started this, like coaching one-on-one is talking to another person, reading energy, using my emotional intelligence. So like, I really embrace that. And it made sense. I think it makes sense. If I had to tap in for a second, blue is still my favorite color. I just wanted to see what my tendency was drawn to. So tap in right now and just notice like, where are you drawn to the most on the color wheel? And notice what that energy is. So if it's yellow, and, and here's the other thing too. I hated yellow, hated it with a vengeance. I always thought, you know, fair skin, red hair, preckles. I, yeah, I can't ever wear yellow. And then just yellow things I just didn't like. 
I had the most trouble when I started doing energy work and when I started doing trauma work, I had the, the most trouble with my solar plexus for years. I had the most trouble with my gut health for years and my stomach and my digestion. That's solar plexus stuff. That's self-esteem. That's personal power. That's a sense of self, self-expression, yes, but like that is your sense of self and your power and your light in this world. It made a lot of sense that was stifled for me for a long time. It was also being repressed for sure. I also had doubts about what that even looked like and how to express it now that I'm an adult. I had a true disgust for solar plexus stuff. So I went to a Reiki healer and I remember solar plexus stuff kept coming up. And by the third time it came up in a third session, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) And she goes, what if you brought in some yellow into your home? I was like, oh my God, but I hate yellow. She's like a yellow pillow, a yellow, um, a yellow flowers, a yellow something, like some yellow into your home. I was like, fine, fine, fine. I'll do that. I like sunflowers. I can get behind that. I get home and I look and my fucking coffee table has been yellow this entire time and I didn't even fucking notice. I'm not even kidding. This is like, oh my God, I literally, and then I look at my closet and there's no yellow. I ended up buying three yellow shirts and over the past, over the last few months after that healing and started wearing yellow. I was like, I'm taking back my fucking power. And it was such a representation to me that color represented so much to me in my life. And with that energy of solar plexus stuff, I now love yellow and I embrace it. I'm actually looking at a painting that I have here in my healing room. Um, she has this beautiful yellow sun behind her. And um, yeah, I encourage you to, to notice like which colors on the color wheel are you really drawn to and what might that energy mean for you and your journey and how you're drawn to it and how you feel like if I need more blue in my life or I love having blue in my life what could that translate to what could there what kind of um connections could there be with that and then notice on the color wheel which colors you're really um drawn against or that you really like I really hate that color orange or whatever I still feel a little bit about that way of orange and that's something I'm working through energetically with the um, sacral chakra and the energy that's there of sexuality, of, of sense of self, of security, of creativity, of creation. That's something that I really have been working on in the past year, funny enough, and that is very still current for me. So I think this theory has legs to stand on in my personal life established of how I've really um, observed this theory for years now. And, and I'm like always doing a case study in my mind about it for the past like two years. And so I'm, si- I'm so finally to be here talking to you about it because so many of you resonated when I just sort of kind of mentioned it on a past episode. So let me know how this resonated with you. Send this to a friend if this is like, oh my gosh, you have to listen to this part that Hannah talks about favorite colors and start observing it in your own life and the lives of the people around you. This is a fun topic too. And like I said, you don't have to go so deep and like, and I mean, it feels deep what we're going to. I don't mean, it doesn't have to mean anything bad. I don't want it to turn any any of that. Keep this lighthearted. And I think it that helps you stay open and be more curious about it. And you might make some discoveries of your own for yourself, for your friends in your life. This could be a fun topic next time you're out with a friend or next time you call your friend or if you want to message them this and say, hey, listen to this episode and let's talk. Um, if you want to talk about it next time in a book club that you're in or with your kids, that could be so freaking fun um, to talk with them about that. And same with crystals. Get your crystals out with your kiddos and be like, which ones are you drawn to? Which ones are you called to? What do you like? 
like about it. I like to ask open-ended questions to children that way. Um, it, it really gives them an opportunity to express themselves um, without leading questions and without your own spin on it because they have their own thoughts, feelings, and intuition as well and unique expressions. So I love asking those open-ended questions. So when you do that with your kiddos, I would love to hear any stories or shares that you want to share with me about or if you chat about it with your friends. I'd love to hear that as well. Listen, thank you for being here. I've given you a lot to think about, practice to tune into. This episode was so value jammed pack. It was a, just a sliver. It's a piece of the iceberg. It's a slice of the pie of what's possible in the spiritual mentorship. So um, if you're feeling drawn to this, we get to do this two hours every week live with the group of us for eight freaking weeks. And this information will not only give you so much empowerment and enjoyment and fulfillment and fun to discover these things and but so much empowerment to lead you on your healing journey so many of you ask me where do I start this is where you start that's why I created this program to answer that question where do I start with all this I don't know where to go and the application of it guys like I said if you're half-assed reading the books if you're saving the TikToks thinking you'll come back to them you won't (laughs) I've done it too I've saved them all once every now and again, I go back to the ones that I've saved, but are they creating healing for you? Are they enriching your life? They're giving you information. That's great. You can collect all the knowledge and information you want, but it's about the application of it and the embodiment and the integration of it in your actual healing journey to see results, to see transformation and to experience your higher self and become your own best healer and to be fully supported in your spiritual awakening journey. So DM me mentorship if you'd like to get in. If you're past the date, I'll put you on the wait list for the next one, but do not miss this one in January. It's going to be epic, amazing, this group will be. Um, You can head over to my website, hannahjohnsoncoaching.com or over to Instagram at hannahjohnsoncoaching. I look forward to speaking with you guys. Let me know how you like this episode. If you tag me on Instagram, if you're um, an open and public page, I'll get to see you and share the love with you. If you don't, if you're not public on Instagram and you share and tag me, I so appreciate the tag so others can can find this work and it could be a breadcrumb on their path. I just am so grateful for each and every share, each and every like, each and every follow, each and every review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, all of it. I'm so grateful for each of you. Thank you for being here. I love you. Bye.